This week's podcast brought to you by Doddle and Hoot. Let's talk about the elephant in the dryer. Okay. We were on a trip this weekend for an AAU basketball tournament. When we returned, I emptied a suitcase into the washing machine and then into the dryer, trying to be helpful. And this is a suitcase we have used for many years. So when our kids were younger and needed to wear a pull-up when we were out traveling somewhere, there was a pull-up, clean pull-up, but there was a pull-up in the suitcase. And you were on the road when I did this. I didn't know there was a pull-up in it. So when you returned... When I returned, I opened the dryer to find, if anyone has ever done this accidentally, uh, put a pull-up or a pamper or diaper in the dryer, it explodes and it's absolutely disgusting. You put it in the wash, washed the pull-up, took it out of the washing machine, put it in the dryer. So when I opened it, it is quite a procedure to get your dryer back to normal. It involves taking some things apart, using a vacuum cleaner... Those are all the things that I got to do because you're an absolute buffoon. (laughs) Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. We're in a bit of a time crunch today because you had to go to the dealership with our Honda Odyssey, not only to get it serviced, but for a bigger reason. <laughs> so how did it all go? Yeah, well, it went as well as car servicing ever goes. It told me it'd be an hour and a half. It was a little over three hours or almost three hours. And um, daytime TV was blaring at 27 dust, you know, level 27 on the volume. And I sat in a room full of strangers uh, and looked at our shoes as, uh, you know, daytime talk was talking about uncomfortable subjects how how does it ever go well it's um the frustrating part about that was is i told you when you got there i said if it's going to be a really long time that i could come and meet you and at least do something productive but when they said it was an hour and a half okay that's that's not too too bad in terms of waiting but of course it ends up being twice that much but we'll go back to the reason that you had to go and last week um, each of us was chaperoning our children on... Both of us. Both of us. Well, I was going to say on their respective field trips. So you were with our son at the state capitol, our fourth grader, and I was with our eighth grader in New York City. And our eighth grader's trip left early in the morning. So I drove uh, your car because you were going to have to bring the other three to school. I drove your car and, and left it at the school so we could get on the bus at 6 a.m., and at some point during the afternoon, I was at Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, and I get a text from you. Let me see. Let me find this exact text. The text from you just read, I've created a problem. I lost your van keys on the field trip. I have the Toyota now, which is your car. You'll have to get a ride home from school tonight while I look for spare van keys. Because, of course, the reason you had my van keys, we've talked about this, was because you had misplaced your van keys. But I, um, I loved the text. I've created a problem, and you're going to have to find a ride home when you get in late tonight because I... <laughs> and did you have to find a ride home? No, because you eventually... How long did it take you to find your set of keys? Because you'd been using my set of keys for a couple of weeks, and um, it really only took you, what, 10 minutes to find your keys when you decided to look for them? I just had to look through every jacket I've worn in the last six months, and I found them. But what happened was I was on a field trip to the state capitol, and the state Supreme Court, at the last minute, you you attempted to trade with me. And I could get on the Peter Pan bus at 6 a.m. for, for Madame Tussauds in Times Square, which I declined. I think all I said is, if you would rather. I didn't try to trade. No, I was well, just putting it out there in case you would rather go to New York than it, the state capitol. As it turned out, I didn't rather. So I went, to the, I went to the state Supreme Court. It was a great visit. I went to the state capitol, also a great visit. But we had to go through multiple metal detectors. And I had to empty my pockets and put them in a basket and retrieve them after I went through the metal detector. And I'm guessing that I didn't um, retrieve the, the just the little fob that I took off your keychain for the van. It's also possible that I left it on the bus because when I got off the bus, I noticed I had dropped some 
dollar bills had fallen out of my pocket on the school bus. And I, on my hands and knees, I looked under every seat. I pulled up the little vinyl cushion on every seat. I found a lot of stuff, gum, candy, um, things like that, but I didn't find the, the key fob. So with, with uh, our van in the parking lot that I had no keys to and my car in the parking lot that I had no keys to, so both of our cars were in the school parking lot, I told one of the parents who were chaperoning the trip with me that I lost my keys and I have to get home and find a spare set so that I can pick up the kids from school. So she very kindly offered to bring me home about a 15 minute drive, which she did. And I got out of the car relieved now that at least I had, I can get the Toyota keys and go get that car. She left, went back to school to wait for, to pick up her kids. When I realized the keys don't do me any good. Both of our cars are at school. I had just walked through an empty garage to look for my car keys, thinking that I could then drive to school, but both of our cars were at school. Does this make sense to anybody? It makes sense to me. Well, she texted me from the school parking lot and said, I just realized both of your cars are here and I've just driven you home with no way of getting to school. I've just stranded you in a different place, which wasn't her fault, of course, um, but she had the same uh, mental block that I had. And anyway, I called your dad. He brought me to the school. And um, and today I went to uh, the, the Honda dealership and picked up at enormous cost uh, in both money and time a newly programmed fob. It's not like you go to the hardware store and get a new key punched out. Now you have to go to NASA and get a key programmed. So I have a new key and we have an oil change. So that's no longer yelling at us, the light inside the car. So let's get back to the field trips though. I, I, of all the time I spent in New York City, all the, the, the years I lived there when I was playing, I never went to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum and, and only went as a chaperone. And I have to say, I actually had a really good time. They are very lifelike, these wax figures, except for one thing. And, and perhaps other people don't notice this, but it's one of the first things I notice about people and therefore also their wax, the wax version of people, is that they were all about two inches taller in wax form than they are in real life. And I only know this because there were a handful of wax figures that I have also met in real life. And so as we're walking through, our daughter said, oh, there's Bruce Willis. And I said, yeah. And I went over and I thought to myself, this wax version's about two inches taller than, than Bruce Willis. And, as, and then we kept walking. She said, there's Morgan Freeman. And I never met Morgan Freeman, but I didn't think that I should be looking him eye to eye. And then this wax figure was about 6'4". So I Googled him and he is actually 6'2". We have a photograph of you with Bruce Willis at some event in New York. Yeah, that's my one regret of... Um, of the field trip is I should have gotten my picture next to the wax Bruce Willis so that I could put it next to the photo I have of the non-wax Bruce Willis, the actual Bruce Willis. It was at a, um, a foster care event. He's a, he, at least at that time, was a big proponent of encouraging people to foster children. And anyway, that's, that's the event where I met him. And as we kept walking, we got to one area and there was John Wayne and he was just hovering above me he this wax figure was huge and 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 he was at least six six or maybe six seven in the wax figure so i googled him as well and he was six four so i came to uh to to the conclusion that every male at least wax figure in madame tussauds is two inches taller um than they actually are are you suggesting this is a particularly male problem (laughs) <laughs> that um, yes, I am. I don't think the the women say yes. I will allow you to put my wax figure in in your museum, but you have to make me two inches taller. Well, if they ever come to me to make a wax figure of me, yes, uh, and they come to to measure me, I'm going to tell them you're going to need more wax. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's you're going to need a bigger boat perfect. full of wax. Did you ever think, speaking of movie lines, to say to Bruce Willis? Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. No, no. The t- is that the TBS or the TNT version? That's the, the, the cleaned up TV version of Die Hard in which he says, Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking as And we- I also love, if I may interject, yes. the, Saturday Night Live, the Saturday Night Fever TV version when the guy's jumping up, pretending to jump off the Verrazano Narrows Bridge and they look over and see that he's just jumped down to the ledge below and um, the character yells, on the TV version, 
you fakers, which is probably perfect. You know? Right, exactly. That's, that's a little bit better, a little more appropriate. Uh, as we're walking through Madame Tussauds, for people who haven't been there, um, there are rooms that are sort of uh, designated to certain things. Like there's the area that has the presidents and the um, and some first ladies and also would ha- also had the royal family, which was particularly interesting to some of the kids on this trip because the uh, royal wedding was only a few days later. But as I was walking through, I was thinking they could have it their own special wing. I don't know exactly what it would be called. And there's the Woody Allen wax figure. And then in another room is the Michael Jackson wax figure. And then there's the President Trump wax figure and the Bill Clinton wax figure. And, and they all have sort of something in common. They did not have a Harvey Weinstein wax figure. Um, but there are some in there that you just think, eh, was this it might like be a time storage to, room or was it, yeah, a, it needed to be, it might display. be time to, uh, to, to move some of these. It was interesting though. They should, they should make a deal with Crayola to, uh, when they offload wax figures to turn right, them into crayons. Right. The, um, the only area that had a guard, um, kind of keeping people behaving was, um, the, the area where they had the, the giant oak desk and, President Trump and uh, Melania behind it. And the only thing on the desk was a big red button because, of course, our button is bigger than your button. But I think that was the only area they were worried that people might uh, try to melt the wax. I think the biggest event at our field trip, uh, we came out of our third stop, which was uh, Cathedral in, in Hartford. And as I was bringing nine children to the bus while the other kids were going to the bathroom, uh, the bus driver came running out and said, there's been a shooting two blocks away, so the streets are blocked off. Of course, the, the kids uh, were abuzz because of that, and that was sort of the the, well, the capper to their... fourth graders are to, going to yeah. be pretty interested in, well, in hearing that. In a day, a morning full of civics lessons, that was sort of the um, the final civics lesson. Our our trip in New York, our, the first thing we did was go to Madame Tussauds, and then it was a it was a rainy day. We were supposed to eat lunch outside. Still did, actually, in, in the drizzle. And then went to see the Broadway show Aladdin, which was terrific. And then after that, the capper was to go to the Hard Rock Cafe for... This is such a touristy thing, um, but the kids loved it, to go there for an early dinner. And there's, you know, all different kinds of things in the Hard Rock Cafe. The one I was most excited to see was Clarence Clemens' saxophone that was in a frame on the wall. Clarence Clemens, of course, the saxophonist for most of the existence of the E Street Band, and, Bruce Springsteen, one of my favorite all-time artists. And when you think of the E Street Band or any other classic rock band, you, you, you think of delicious cuisine. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, so that brings me to this. So we're, we're sitting and because there's, I don't know, 50 people, I think, that were on this trip, the the menu was an abbreviated menu. So they, we it had been paid for ahead of time. So they bring us five options. It's like a hamburger, a, a chicken sandwich, and uh, a Caesar salad, and maybe macaroni and cheese and something else. Anyway, so when the waitress came to me, I said, all right, I like the Caesar salad, and can I add a protein? Can I add some chicken? Can I add salmon? Whatever. I said, I'm happy to pay for this. Do these have names of rock and like roll over a baked ziti and tell? <laughs> I don't, not on this menu. Okay. But again, this wasn't the real menu. This I've never was kind of the abbreviated menu. And um, so she absolutely could not do it. And I said, you know, I'll, I, I'm happy to pay you. Is there any way I can get some protein on this salad? And she said, I tried to do this for one other group, and I got in trouble. So um, so they're pretty strict with their rules at the Hard Rock Cafe. But there were some cool things to see. There was an outfit that was worn by your hometown guy, Prince, and a pair of shoes that, honest to God, they had heels. They were these little kind of uh, ankle boots. I don't know that they would fit our seven-year-old daughter. They were that small. And I know Prince was not a big guy, but I didn't realize his feet were quite that small. I didn't realize he was small because I saw his wax work and it was enormous. <laughs> and it was six feet tall. But anyway, it was uh, it was fun. And, and one thing on the way down on our Peter Pan bus, they did not have the outlets. Each seat has an outlet so you can charge things. They did not have that turned on. So all of the kids on the trip, all of their cell phones were dead by the time we got to New York. So it was fascinating watching the kids interact at lunchtime without cell phones. There's a table and these four boys were playing cards. And um, one of the moms asked me, you know, do you know what they're playing? And I said, I don't know. So I'll ask. So I asked one of these eighth grade boys, so what card game are you playing? And he said, it's a game called I Call BS. 
And because I'm so old, he felt the need to explain. That means that, you know, if someone says something that we think they're lying, we call them on it. And I said, yes, I I know that game and I do know what BS they stands for. They had BS when I was a kid. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Even though you as an eighth grader have are at the point in your life where you've perfected your BS, um, it did exist. Well, but I, I ran into a fellow school parent later that afternoon and I said to her, you didn't you didn't chaperone the, the New York trip? And she said, I don't do long bus rides. And I said, you act as if you say that as if other people really love them. Right. There's right. nothing like a long bus ride. And of course, the bus ride home, you know, it's New York City, if you leave at the right time from our town is about a two and a half, two hours and 40 minute trip. Well, we left Manhattan at 6pm. And so it was a three and a half hour trip. But somehow on the ride home, the bus driver was able to figure out how to get those outlets working so the kids could um, could charge and use their devices. So I thought it was brilliant. Make make all their power die on the way down so that when we're actually in New York, they have to engage with one another and uh, and their surroundings. But it was a 100% touristy trip and uh, I enjoyed every second of well, it. Well, speaking of charging one's devices, may I just uh, go back for a moment to my experience at the uh, car dealership today in the waiting room. They had a, a what looked like a car battery novelty phone charger with maybe 19 cords coming out of it. None of them used. None of them compatible with my very popular brand of phone, which is named for a hand fruit. Um, <laughs> what were they compatible with? Well, they, they would have been compatible. They had like the wide, the wide um, thing for like an iPhone that came out in the early, two, right. whenever they came out in 2007. The, old, or, old yeah, the original iPhones. And the others, I, I, I don't have a clue if they charged toasters or what, but of all the people in the waiting room, not a single person was, was using it to charge their phone because I don't believe it was compatible with anything. What were most of the people in the waiting room doing? Were they watching the morning television Many show of them or? were, were Velcroing, re-Velcroing, un-Velcroing their, their various uh, bowlers, uh, bowling armband things and uh, <laughs> pre, you know, like therapeutic ankle brace kind of things. I was not among them, but... <laughs> It was the sound Why would of, there be a bunch of The hills were alive <laughs> with the sound of ripping Velcro. I don't know. <laughs> All of these people were, uh, are now involved in lawsuits. They got in fender benders and they have to wear their Velcro full time so that they can get a, the settlement that they deserve. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're, we're just happy to be alive. We're lucky to be alive. A week ago when we did this podcast on a Tuesday, was it right after? Four o'clock? A few hours after, yeah. we. Uh, well, first of all, our seven-year-old is terrified of tornadoes. Um, tornadoes are not a thing that a regular occurrence up where we live. We've never had a tornado warning since she's been alive. I'm sure, like the rest of us, she became terrified of tornadoes at some point from watching The Wizard of Oz. And like long bus rides, this is not an uncommon Fear, of opinion. course. By the way, The Wizard of Oz, I understand it's a classic as a kid, I, I was terrified of it. I, I never once enjoyed watching The Wizard of Oz. As an adult, I appreciate the the theme. The cinematic and, and grandeur of, of yeah, The Wizard of Oz. I would have been fine to never see The Wizard of Oz based on the trauma it provided I, me as a child. I don't believe it's there's a, it's any a, child who has ever enjoyed The Wizard of Oz. So people stop making your children watch The Wizard of Oz. Let them watch it when no, they're older. No, no, no. I would suggest you still make no. them watch it. Yes, absolutely. It's terrifying. So, so they can but, be terrified like we were. But the, the problem is kids now watching it today would be watching it on demand or on DVD or on, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but... When I was a kid, you could watch it, terrified, terrified at Margaret Hamilton, the green-faced witch, terrified at I'm melting flying the monkeys. flying monkeys. But, yeah. but every 10 minutes, that would stop and an Alka-Seltzer commercial would come on and you'd be returned to the real world and the, and the comfort of, of the commercial jingles that you knew. And then, of course, you'd get back into it. But you would always get that reprieve. You would, you would be un, an unrelenting yes. two and a half hours Onslaught of, of fear. Of terror. That's, that should be the name of the movie. So I was in the, the pickup line waiting to pick up our kids. And first I get a phone call from my dad. And he said, have you seen the weather? Um, there's some tornado warnings in the area. And then I got a text from you to tell me the same thing. You were getting alerts on your phone that there's a tornado warning. And I said, okay, well, we're not going to tell. Also, the sky was green. Yes, but but that could just be a storm. I said, we're not going to tell our youngest. I do not want to terrify her um, that there's a tornado warning. 
On the way home from school, I had to quickly stop at the post office to drop off some mail. And, and so our kids came in with me. And at one point, a woman comes into the post office and says something about the tornado warning that's happening right now. And I, I just looked at her, I'm sure, with a look of death. Like, really? Was that necessary? You see this little seven-year-old next to me who then just looked at me um, with tear, fear in her face. Did and she say, run for your lives? <laughs> no, but pretty close to that. So then we came home and turned on the TV and it was inevitable at that point anyway because the tornado warnings are coming in pretty strong. And as we're driving home, we start seeing the sky lighting up with lightning. But we get home and then we're just caught, we feel like, in the middle of this terrifically amazing thunderstorm. The thunder is rattling our house. The lightning, it seems like, is is striking all around us. You made the point that we, we had the TV on tuned to local news, but uh, it was interrupted by the emergency broadcast system. Which is just the eh, 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 and then the message comes across the screen. There's no audio. No, but as our, There's as, just words. As our 11-year-old daughter said, this is 1990s computer game graphics. Well, but even better, the computer game graphics were in Spanish. I don't even know. I don't know if you noticed that. But our, our tornado alerts on the television were in Spanish. I don't know why. Is tornado the same in Spanish and English? I think it's very close, but all of the other words are not. So anyway, so it gets to the point where now we've got huge hail just pelting our house, the size of a little bit bigger than a golf ball. Well, first it was it was hail. It was it was wow! Look at that hail. It, it's hailing. It was normal size hail, the size of uh, of dum dum suckers. Yes, dum dum suckers, which is what we would have been if we had stayed upstairs looking at the hail and recording it. And finally, you and I just said, we got to get the kids to the basement. This is the first time we've ever had a storm so severe and scary that we had to go to the basement. So the the trees are swaying. We are, we're surrounded by really tall trees where we live. And our, our house is just getting crushed by hail. The, the thunder and lightning are booming. So we come to the basement, including the dog. We're all just, and, and everybody's freaking out. And um, so at some point I said to you, I've got to go upstairs and just look around for a second because not only was I worried about a tornado, but I was trying to figure out the safest part of our basement in case one of the really tall trees around us came down. Um, what was the point kind of farthest from the te- trees coming down? So I'm upstairs like a moron in the middle of this craziness, just trying to figure out the exact right place to put the kids and you and the dog. And um, anyway, I'm not sure we've conveyed the ferocity of this hailstorm. It was it was hammering down baseballs. I know the the uh, the uh, only acceptable scale for hail is either hand fruit or or sporting goods. But these were bocce ball sized hail that was that was just banging off the, and the not, deck, and it wasn't just coming straight house. down it was coming to the side because of the winds the trees those tall trees around us are kind of in a circular motion as they're swaying back and forth and the hail would, it would hit the deck or hit the ground and bounce up and then hit the house it was the most fierce ferocious storm i have ever seen and ever been a part of and, and, and i i i chronicled it's it's every moment on video I was shooting at the at the height <laughs> of the of the hail, the depth of the hail, as, as the hail was just hammering down, like um, it, it was like uh, microwave popcorn. But it but but your you know, video was just like when you well, video first pitches and other right. things I, per I, my request. When I thought I had the video on, standing bravely at the sliding door, at any moment one of these hailstones could rocket through the window like a cannonball and, and take me out. Uh, when I thought I was videoing that. I wasn't. And then when I thought I was turning off the video, I was actually turning it on. So I have a lot of footage of me walking around the kitchen, um, mumbling profanities in in awe and respect, not 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 out of anger. Right. I mean, this is this it is. It's just like when I've asked you to to tape or record a a kid's at bat or their free throw or something. It's the exact same thing. We got to we got to figure that out on the next version of uh they need to figure it out on the next version of the iPhone, how to uh, make video Steve-proof. This would have been a viral video. It would have been on the Weather Channel. It would have been. Uh, it would have been. It would, a, have, been it would have been. It would have been my moment to to shine <laughs> finally in life, and yet uh, it ends up being 35 seconds of my own eyeball. Fortun- fortunately, um, a, a tornado did not touch down here. It touched down just a few miles away in Bark Hampstead. 
but did not touch down here. And so eventually we went upstairs. But even after we went upstairs, our youngest said to me, can will you read with me? And I said, yes. And she said, can we read in the basement? And I told her the storm is gone. Once it passes, it's not coming back. And still we were huddled for an extra half hour in the basement as she and I were reading Junie B. Jones because she was still terrified of the storm returning. So this is something that for sure she and her siblings will remember for the rest of their lives. By the way, as, just as a side note, I looked up tornado, Spanish word tornado, yes. and, and it says tornado is the Spanish word for the English word twister. Oh, interesting. No, not really interesting. It Wrong. means tornado is, is this, because nobody calls it a twister, really. It's tornado well, is maybe the... maybe not up here, but... And then, of course, there's that, there's that, there's... You ever seen on the menu beef tornadoes or tornadoes of beef? T-O-U-R-N-E-D-O-E-S? Never, You've never seen, seen that? that? No. Oftentimes, it's... Where am I, am I going to see that at a Hard Rock Cafe? If I don't see it at no. Hard Rock Cafe or Panera, I'm not probably going to but see I, I tornadoes imagine, of beef. I imagine you did take a side trip somewhere in Times Square, just you and the other other moms, to see tornadoes of beef showing on uh, 42nd Street, right? That was a live show. Somebody gave you a flyer for yes. the beef tornado? For moms only, yes. Well, in Times Square, it's probably for anyone. <laughs> I mentioned Panera, which does not have tornadoes of beef, but we were at a Panera this weekend because we were in an AAU basketball tournament. And at one point, I was going up to the soda machine because at, at Panera, like more, like many of the places now, when you buy a drink, they just give you the cup and there's the soda machine. So I went over. The woman ahead of me was putting water in her cup and sloshing it around and then to clean her cup and then pouring it out and then put in the ice and then stood there surveying the options in the soda machine until finally, I, it seemed like in an eternity, I'm sure it was 15 seconds later, she chose what she wanted to drink and started dispensing the soda into her cup and I was just thinking there needs to be some sort of soda machine etiquette you have to have a plan go up get your ice you know you don't need to swirl the cup and you know you're worried a cup is dirty just well, go up and figure I mean who doesn't know what they want at the soda machine I understand if it's our seven-year-old this wasn't even one of those ones where you push the button and you can add a million different flavors to, to your soda this was an old-school soda machine you but either were taking Coke but or root beer or Sprite. In defense of this of this imbecile, sometimes you go up to the soda machine, you press the ice dispenser, and it just starts humming and grinding and This wasn't humming and, or and, grinding. And then you're waiting, and then and then after about five minutes, a single cube comes out, giving you hope that more will come, and, and it doesn't. It yes, never but does. that wasn't the case here. She was just really deliberating and deciding as if it was going to impact her day in and a the, huge way and then which she, beverage and she then was after going filling did she go down to the to, to the lid thing and and keep trying on various lids ill-fitting lids until know. she got I had the lost one that, her at the that right, point the right one but the best part about it after and then you take the straw wrapper off and oftentimes there's nowhere to put it after staring at this soda machine you know what she chose she chose water she chose water so she probably, you know, just got the cup for free, went down. So I still, I'm, I'm a bit confused. But there should be, if there's not any kind of soda machine etiquette, there needs to be, like, they should put a shot clock right there. You know, with five seconds. You have five seconds to start dispensing whichever beverage you're going to get. As, or you go to the back of the line. As you know, I always go for the, the, the greatest novelty drink. Even if we stop at a, at a rest stop on a long drive and you ask if I would like some caffeinated beverage. That's one of my favorite things, actually. I, I would actually. say, get me, get me, you know, get me a novel. And I, I'm always hoping you will come out with like a 32-ounce cherry squirt or something. No, you, like, the, I'll ask you, would you like something to drink? You'll say, surprise me. So sometimes it's just something boring, but still, at least for me, brings me back to when I was a kid, and that would be like an orange Fanta or a grape Fanta. Orange and grape were the, the two flavors my parents never bought at the grocery store but would let us get out of a soda machine when we were on vacation but um yeah there's cherry mountain dew there's all different kinds of drinks what are you really hoping that i bring out when i when you tell me just to find you some exotic beverage it's almost always code for a and w cream soda a and w cream soda ah okay now i know if i may just add to your soda story when i was waiting for the car to be serviced today I attempted to walk, one of the difficulties with car dealerships waiting is they're always in a place where car dealerships are, by definition, which is on some suburban blighted highway that is impossible to navigate on foot. So I don't have a car. I'm trying to cross nine lanes of of traffic to get to a subway. I can't do it. I mean, I, I literally couldn't do it. I was in a hoodie with a backpack 
I thought I was going to get arrested just for walking in that area. I mean, I, I felt like a pervert for walking in a place where everybody was driving and there was no place that you could cross the street, no sidewalk, no crosswalk. Uh, the stoplight was way down the street, the highway, and even then I would never cross it on foot. So I, I went to the only place that was on this side of the street, which was McDonald's. And this McDonald's, which had a line of, I'm not kidding, 25 cars in two lanes at the drive-thru at 12.15, had almost nobody inside. And I realized when I went in that you, you can only order at a touchscreen kiosk inside. They don't have any people actually they taking did. orders. They did have a lady behind the counter who, when, when an older couple, retired couple, came in and they went to the counter, she said, you can order at the kiosks over there. And the 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 wife in this couple put up her hand and said, uh, you're too modern, which I loved. Yes. And then the lady came from behind the counter and helped them navigate the touchscreen. But are we trying to eliminate every single job through technology? No, not every job. Every job that deals with people because yeah, people don't want to deal there's with other still people. tons of people working in that mcdonald's they're just all helping to prepare and serve the food through a window so right. that's what it's it's right. turned into yes we will you can work in uh you know i guess a customer service job but only if you're dealing with people through a window uh, and i kind of prefer that i kind of preferred not having to deal with another human being in fact if if you and i could deal with each other through a window or through a speaker box uh maybe even an electronic touchscreen. I think you might prefer that. I think ever since you lost my keys, I think that we would both prefer that. <laughs> well, I, I hate to in inconvenience you by losing your keys because you still had the spare set of keys, and I was the one who spent the four hours getting the key replaced. But moving well, on. I mean, in all fairness, if I lose something, it's up to me to replace it. You lost those, so it was up to you to replace them. So you it. did, and, um, and I am sorry that, that it was a it was a big inconvenience, as I, it always is, to take the car. I will say one benefit of my of my restful three hours at the dealership was I got to read every bit of news there was on my on my phone whose battery was dying, and I had no way to charge it. You didn't bring a charger with you. I, I always bring a charger with me when I go to the car dealer. But um, <laughs> to the sound of ripping Velcro, I, I read a story about um, in various counties, provinces, districts, I don't know what they call them in Germany. As many times as I've been to Germany, I don't know. But in Bavaria, in southern Germany, it is against the law to take your kids out of school without a valid reason. And the Bavarian authorities at two different airports, I'm guessing Munich was probably one of them, were busting families on a long weekend week for taking their kids out of school and on vacation. Now, when they say, say busting, they weren't being arrested, but they were being cited and then they were being reported back to the schools and it was up to the schools then to decide whether to find them or not. And um, we've always had this debate about taking your kids out of school uh, to if go on vacation, okay when, to not, avoid right. the crowds, to get a cheaper airfare um, because it's the only time you go or whatever. And I get silence from you. Well, no, I mean, because I, I, I've talked about this before. Both of my parents were teachers and so they were adamant about us being in school when school was happening, not only because it's respectful to your teachers, but I think because they couldn't take time off from school because that was their job and they only got so many sick days a year that they always used because their kids were going to be sick here and there. But yeah, there was definitely no mental health days being taken in my house. Mom, I need a mental health day today. I'm not going to go to school. The, that wasn't um, no. part of the Lobo culture, that's for sure. My parents were more likely to be busted for sending us to school when school wasn't in session. <laughs> right. Just dropping us there on a Saturday or in July. What else did you learn while you were sitting there reading the news at, and listening to Velcro, Steve? I saw a long. I, I saw everything that was on headline news because that's what they had on TV at the volume twenty-seven, and it brought me back. First of all, you just mentioned that your parents were adamant about something. All, going to school. Going to school. I, I don't remember because when you said adamant, <laughs> you weren't listening. Well, anytime I hear the word adamant, all I think of is Adam Ant. You remember Adam Ant? Of course. Okay. Whose name was, of course, Adamant. But uh, I've never thought of it like that. I learned. I learned whatever was on headline news today, and I remember. Uh, doing a long feature for Sports Illustrated years ago, 20 years ago, on Sparky Anderson, who was then the manager of the Detroit Tigers, probably 25 years ago. And he he uh, mentioned that his routine, you know, most games in Major League Baseball are night games. He mentioned that as his routine, he will, you know, lie in bed in the hotel room in the mornings and watch headline news. He said, I'll watch that four or five 
lapse around until I know everything that's going on in the world. And I, and I probably did four or five laps of headline news today. And did you learn anything that was in no, particular, no, anything nothing. interesting it, it, or new? It really is no longer news. Everybody right. has that on their phone. It's more it was like uh, soft features on the reverend who gave the, I was going to say eulogy, but the sermon at uh, the royal wedding and that sort of thing. So no, I didn't learn anything, but, um, but it helped to pass the time. I've got a question for you. This is the first time you've ever done this, so I'm curious. We're sitting in the basement and you have taken off your shoes and are doing the podcast barefoot. Is there a reason? Well, we've done the podcast after dark. We've done it. Have we Have we done a breakfast podcast yet? I mean, it's all of the same to the people sitting in their car. But Yeah, um, I don't think we have. So this is just this a is barefoot. This is sort of my summer, summer, my Sam's summer ale podcast, I suppose. Okay, fair enough. No, I didn't realize I had taken my shoes off, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, and then you, that's why you won't know where they are. Oh, I, I did do this at the car dealership waiting room. I, I took my dogs and socks off and just aired out the... Uh, oh, gross. There would be somebody who would do that, but it wouldn't be you. It, it would have been preceded by the sound of ripping Velcro in some sort of <laughs> prosthetic uh, shoe. I don't know. This time of year, airplanes can be a place where you'll see a lot of barefooted customers. And uh, I was on a plane this past weekend to fly out to Minneapolis to call the LA Sparks at Minnesota Lynx game. Amazing game as they always are when those two teams meet up and uh, Chelsea Gray won it on a game winner with game winner with time running down. I just cannot get enough of that series. I absolutely love watching those two teams play. Target Center was sold out. It was amazing. But I landed, the game was on Sunday. I landed uh, late on Saturday night and uh, of course this means it's time for Uber driver confessions. Uber confessions. So I got into a car. I was going from the airport to downtown. And on our way there, there's a ramp that basically you get off for downtown. And that was closed for construction. And my driver was clearly confused. And first of all, he wasn't using any kind of GPS app. He was just driving. So when we got to the exit he said oh the exit's closed and clearly had no idea where to go so I quickly got my Waze app up and I put in the hotel destination and so I started giving him directions right we have to get off of this exit and he said all right you know just keep giving me directions so finally we were able to get off the highway and we get downtown and I tell him you know you go up six blocks take a left whatever I think my natural next question is and should be and therefore was where are you from and his response to me was, I'm, I'm from here. And he sounded very annoyed and offended that I would ask such a question. But of course, the reason I asked it was because he didn't know where he was going. And so I could tell that he was annoyed as to, you know, why I would ask that. So I just said to him, oh, my husband is from Bloomington. And his response to that was, where's that? And I said, well, it's where- where's Bloomington. Yes. And, I, and of course, this is to the guy who's just told me I'm from here. And I said, well, it's where the, the Mall of America is located. And his response to that was, ah, yes, Bloomington is near there. I said, actually, the Mall of America, well, I didn't say this to him, but the Mall of America is in Bloomington. I am from the East and I know this. So don't give me this crud that you are from here when you are clearly not from here. Because you from... don't know how to get, you don't know how to get downtown and you don't know where Mall of America or Bloomington are. Here is spelled H-I-R. It's right next to the planet Zorg in, in <laughs> Galaxy 12. Uh, and he was from here. So now I know why you texted me from Minneapolis saying that you have a UDC. That's what a, that stands for Uber driver confession. Yes. Because I thought and I think I told you so on text. I thought that you had some sort of urinary disorder. Yes. And you replied to me, that's a, U2, a UTI, you yes. moron. You're still looking at your notes. Because I'm not looking at my notes. I'm looking, looking at the text You're, you're looking that you at the text. You don't, I guess, like, all women know what a UTI is, a urinary tract infection. It's not something that's I, um, not UTI, common for many women. So U, anyway. UTI was my safety school, actually. <laughs> so, yes, I said, at least I have a good UDC, and um, it took you a while to as, figure as out I'm what looking, that was. As I'm looking at this, I, I had a series of texts from you, from Minneapolis, the kind of text that you would have killed me for, but it was complaining about the the wait for the burger oh, at I'm Minneapolis airport. Oh, I'm going to get into that. Then the woman sitting next to you on the airplane was eating a 
a hand pickle or something? Oh, no, no, no. Though that was, that wasn't annoying. That was interesting. So the woman, this is, I think, on the flight out there. She was just kept pulling out of an assortment of odd plain foods. First, she pulled out a bag and it had cherries in it with a stem. You know, not maraschino cherries, but just like fresh cherries. Pitted cher- cherries with cherries stones with that you have to pits. sit in. Yeah, yeah. She, she delicately and appropriately got rid of the pits. But, this is some kind of a cherry spittoon? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. But the one that got me was when she pulled out a pickle. And it wasn't a pickle spear. She was spear. swallowing the pits. <laughs> she may have been. She pulled out a pickle, like a full round. At first I was looking, I was like, is she eating a cucumber, an unpeeled cucumber? No, that's not that. Is it like some sort of squash? And then I realized from the, the slight smell that she was just eating. It was a giant full pickle like you would get at the deli and pull out of the jar and it just like I like pickles I would just never consider eating a pickle as a plain food and it was clearly not something she purchased at the airport she packed well, these well, foods but, but to she, bring on the plane she would have had to purchase it at the airport because the number of times I've tried to bring a jar of brine through security <laughs> I thought you were going to say the number of times I've tried to bring a pickle yes well no um, a pickle in, in, in a no, jar was, full of brine it wasn't you know you cannot bring a, a, a glass jar of Vlasic through unless you empty out the brine you first. can if it's three ounces or less well you but can't, no, you can't uh, hers wasn't three in, ounces of brine is not going to soak a, a large pickle hers wasn't soaking she it was it was a dry dry pickle that was in her bag with cherries and other things so i don't know what kind of diet she was on but um but it involved eating a whole pickle and pitted cherries and um doing it while sitting next to me you mentioned my annoyed text i did have one very annoyed moment at the airport after the game quickly went with lachina robinson who i was working with drove to the airport because we both had, had flights that we could catch and i was very very hungry And I get to the gate and we're supposed to board the flight in a half hour. But across from the gate is a place to get food. And I'm very hungry. So I go in, I sit down and I order a hamburger. One of the easier things to get on the menu. So as I'm waiting for the hamburger, I strike up a nice conversation. Or it's actually struck up with me by the man next to me and his son. He was out visiting his daughter. And we're talking. And after a long while, he gets his food. And I'm still waiting. And then he asks for his check. And he doesn't get his check for a really long time. And I'm still waiting for my food. And it gets to the point where it's a half hour and my flight is supposed to be boarding. And I haven't gotten my food. And so I'm just trying to get the waitress's attention so that I can tell her, can I please have my food in a to-go box? I need the bill right away. Well, she's nowhere to be found. This is probably the worst service I've ever had. And I understand people are busy. And normally I wouldn't care, but I'm starving and trying to get on this plane. So it gets to the point where I realize whenever the bill comes, I've just got to leave cash. So I get up and I walk to the bar area and I ask the woman there, I said, can I have a change for my 20? Can I have two tens for my 20? And she looked at me and she said, I can't open the register unless you buy something. I said, I am. I'm buying a hamburger over there and I need to pay for it. Can I please have two tens for my 20? And she would not, she absolutely could not give me that. So anyway, the nice gentleman who I was sitting next to, gentleman who I was sitting next to, ends up giving me the two tens for the 20. Flight starts boarding. Finally, the woman comes over with my food. The order's wrong. But I just said to her, can I please have a to-go box? And I said, what does the burger cost? I just need to leave the money. And she said, I don't know. So I wait a little bit longer. I get my to-go box. And my bill was like $12.40. And so I left the worst tip of my life. I, I gave her $14 and she said, I'll be right back with the change. I said, no, you keep the change. This is terrible. A dollar forty or dollar sixty punitive, tip or whatever tipper, I left that, that's Yes. Yeah, so, but I, 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 would, I, I would, in that situation, I would only tip 25%. I, I, at that point, I didn't care. I just wanted, I was so frustrated to, of the thought of, I'm going to have to leave this restaurant, get on my plane. There's going to be no food on the plane. And if I wasn't as hungry as I was, I would have done that. I would have just left the restaurant and abandoned them with the order. And to make matters worse, you had to run to the bathroom before you got on the plane because of your UDC. Yes, because of my UDC. But enough of me whining about burgers and poor service. Let's get on to viewer mail. And our first one came via Twitter. And once again, that's at ball and chain pod at, that's it, what it is at Twitter. Anyway, Brian, I'm sorry, Greg wants to know, what are your favorite beers? I don't really drink beer, so I think this is probably a question for you because you do like to enjoy an occasional beer. 
uh, Greg, pretty much all of them. Um, here in New England, I love uh, BBC, the Berkshire Brewing Company's Steel Rail, and they've got something called Shopadoo, a favorite of mine and my buddy Mike's, who uh, it's basically like liquid chocolate. Uh, I love some Twin Cities beers, of course, if I'm home, uh, probably a Summit or a Grain Belt Northeast. I'll, have, I'll say this. If, if I start finding beers that are made with Thrall family malt, those will be my favorite beers. My friend Sarah Thrall and You're... her husband Spencer have started growing locally grown malt, which I guess is not an easy thing to find in Connecticut. Well, they may be the only providers of locally grown malt. I think it's much easier to grow locally grown malt than it is to grow <laughs> malt overseas. Well, I don't. You grow malt wherever you are. Don't I you? don't know exactly the, the whole malting process, um, but she does. And so. What about the malting process? I don't know that either. But if, um, but if I am at a restaurant and I see that their beer is made with Thrall family malt, then uh I'm going to be ordering one. You've never seen the the you've never you've never sourced the malt, I'm sure. No, but I'm going to start. Okay. That's going to be my thing. I've got some Gmail uh I should say because we've got a lot of requests at Gmail. That's ballandchainpod at gmail.com. We've got a lot of requests for swag, the magnets, the beer coasters, and um I've been meaning to send that out. It's all enveloped up our son peeled the the adhesive off the envelopes uh we addressed them at the kitchen table it was like christmas cards i thought this was i thought denny was going to be mailing he was out supposed the swag to, but but, this but is, we this were kind become of your your we, first we have deal. to get the swag to denny in new jersey and then he can mail and then it he out. can mail but but uh until then until then like christmas cards they're all sitting in my car ready to be taken to the post office so the the swag the fridge magnets all that will be going out tomorrow i think i've got about 30 or 40 envelopes in the car going out to 20 something states so we should we should also let them know when we've got all 50 states covered with uh fridge well, magnets. i think it's only fair when people get the swag that they take a picture of it and send it to us via twitter or via gmail Absolutely. so that we can see what they've done with the swag well, as long as it's appropriate can i say in advance that uh i got my own swag dr george in columbus ordered see, this me this is the kind of thing you'd, you'd call me on Ordered are, me. Are you saying this in advance? Or are you just saying it? I know I'm saying. Ordered me a monocle. Oh, good heavens! A tortoise shell I haven't monocle. seen this. I haven't seen the monocle in person yet. I saw the ridiculous picture you sent me when I was in Minneapolis. Well, we'll have to post that on the uh, on the. Can we take a Twitter new one? Handle. I don't think I yes. will defile it. Actually, Here it is. We'll, we'll put it on Instagram because we're also on Instagram, Ball and Chain Pod. Okay. At Instagram, that's what a monocle this looks is a monocle, like. Huh? Yes, it's uh, it's on a string. And uh, in Let me fact, see that. why don't I read this first? Can you hand me the yeah, monocle, well, I'll read this first. Uh, Myra writes, do you think looking like Mr. Peanut makes for a good affectation? Just wondering. Because that's a cane and a monocle? He has a monocle and a top hat. Uh, he doesn't um, have a cane. Well, I, 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 he may have a walking stick. I do think it makes for a great affectation. He's, I, not, the only, he's not the only famous monocle wearer, however. Well, uh, can I just throw in that the I, penguin, I love I the love Penguin the, and Batman? I guess monocle. I won't throw it in until you're done. Go Colonel Mustard and Clue wore a monocle. Go ahead, throw it in. Well, it's not throwing it in anymore. It's just adding on. But uh, Myra, I like that because uh, all of Maya Moore's teammates call her Myra. I don't know the backstory. I don't know why they call her Myra. I'm assuming at some point somebody accidentally did, but the Minnesota Lynx call Maya Moore like that. Myra. My friend Rob in Las Vegas uh, texted me this week that Russian to judge was a horse, a four-year-old running at, I'm not sure where Russian to judge was running, but won and paid off something like seven eighty on a $2 bet. So that's good. Uh, R-U-S-H-I-N to judge. Well, Brian, Brian in, in New Jersey, the people who work irk me. We talked about this last week. The people who irk me more are those people in the left-hand lane who do not put on their blinker until the light turns green as if the changing of the light was their inspiration to turn left. I know exactly who this he's talking about. This is only a problem if you're in a, a lane that is left and straight. Well, Brian is in New Jersey where they have those jug handle left turns, as right, you know, where, right. you, where, you, where you don't make left turns. You, you turn right to go left. Right. But those people who turn their blinker on when the light turns green, I put them in the same category as the people who get to the front of the line at McDonald's and just then start pondering the McDonald's menu as if A... They don't know what it is. Well, that's why they now have the touch screens. Right. And, you know, it's the people who also at the baggage drop off at the airport who start planning their around the world trip at the point of 
purchase when they're when they're paying for the extra baggage. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I don't even know where these are going. I've just read them once, highlighted them, and say, Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Both my husband and my son are airline pilots. Yes. And they agree that most societal norms somehow disappear on the other side of airport security. A frequent theme of ours is yes. early morning boozing on airplanes. Uh, I was telling my son about your podcast over Mother's Day. He told me he was recently traveling for pleasure, out of uniform, when the elderly woman next to him ordered a couple uh, ordered a double vodka, neat, to start their 6 a.m. flight. What does neat mean? Remind me. Does that mean uh, no, no ice? ice? Yeah. Okay. When my son asked for water, she spent the next several minutes trying to talk him into a drink. After that failed, 6 a.m., remember, and noticing my son was bouncing his leg in a nervous manner, she was convinced he was on drugs and kept telling him it was okay with her if he slipped into the laboratory to take his illicit drugs. <laughs> Come on, this didn't My happen. My son bounces his legs when he is tired, Susan writes, and he had hoped to sleep on the plane, but his seatmate's constant inquiries about his alcohol and drug use prevented him from sleeping. <laughs> Dr. Gary Siegel, our oh, resident well, OBGYN. He, he's, he's our only says that his, OBGYN. that his son Eric is also an OBGYN and is in his first year of practice. By using the transitive property from algebra, that means that we should accept without further qualification or discussion Eric as the podcast's anesthesiologist. But we already have an applicant as anesthesiologist. But he's a, not an anesthesiologist. He's an oh, OBGYN. I, I think our other anesthesiologist is is also Eric. I think it may just be a coincidence. Oh, I see. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm ready to rubber stamp that one. Absolutely. So I went into... What, what do you do for a living? I went into the family business. What's the family business? Well, I... Look at interesting things all day long. <laughs> or, or I, my, my business is I am, I am the official anesthesiologist of a podcast. There you go. I like that answer. Steve, Steve, and uh, I don't. Steve in Wisconsin sends me a news clipping of a Milwaukee City bus that jumped the curb and crashed into Johnston Hall, the journalism building at Marquette University, my alma mater. When did my that happen? My college of journalism. It happened uh, sometime in the last, uh, sometime this month. You know what? I think if you read the story, it says the driver was listening to our podcast at the time. I, I, and... I hope nobody was injured. And that is an example of the news coming to you for a group of journalism students in Johnson Hall when the bus crashes into your building. Uh, Rebecca and Steve, Mac, Matt writes, I have spent the, la the past six weeks listening to all of the episodes from the beginning and have finally caught up on the current one during the same period, six weeks, I have read four of Steve's books, Road Swing, The Pint Man, The 34 Ton Bat, and Stingray Afternoons. I feel like I just got a master's degree in Russian. Does this make me a Kremlinologist? Ah. He has his uh, advanced degree in wow. Russian. Wow. In six Russian weeks, life. he listened to all the podcasts and, and read all, read all yeah, yeah, your that, books. That's, that's, uh, well, that's I too want, much. I'll, I, I appreciate it. Well, it needs to be balanced out how many of... Um, I guess I've only done one WNBA game in the last six weeks, but I'm hoping he watched well, it. Well, speaking of the WNBA... Alexis writes, hey, Rebecca, I was wondering if you knew if you would be calling any games in D.C. this year. I've seen season tickets to the Mystics and would love to meet you. Thanks. I'm, I'm disappointed to say that I do not get to call any games in D.C. this year. The game, I don't know how many we have in D.C., but Kara Lawson is calling those. It's one of my favorite, absolute favorite places to go to to call games. I love Mike Tebow and his wife, Nancy. I love doing games there. I love the city of D.C. And alas, I don't get to go there this year. Dorky Diva writes, Minneapolis took down the Maya poster, boo. There was a poster of Maya or possibly Myra Moore <laughs> it was, covering an entire building. Yeah, it was I don't a, think Minneapolis took it down. It Nike was, must have taken it down. It was amazing. It, it looks just like the Michael Jordan Wings poster, Maya Moore variety. And it was up, uh, there's a pub there called Kieran's that's right across the street from the Target Kieran's Center. Very well. And it's next to it, there's a building. That I've, has, been, I've been thrown out of Kieran's many times. <laughs> next to it is a building that has a, a parking lot in front of it, which you have parked in. Glicks is across the street. And she covered, this poster covered the entire building. It was spectacular. And I didn't know they took it down because I left after the game and it was still up. But I hope they put up. And, and if anybody has not seen, which is probably most of you, the Maya Moore Wings commercial, it is absolutely phenomenal. And if you have a chance to watch it, it also has footage of her. She must have been seven or eight years old playing basketball. It's really cool and, and well worth um, looking up if you haven't seen it yet. Well, finally on the WNBA tip, Sarah in Maine, first of all, she says, I may be one of your youngest listeners. I turned 26 on May 27th. So we have a 25-year-old listener in Sarah. God bless her, Sweet. Sarah in Maine. Yay, Sarah. She has a question for Rebecca. I'm so excited for the WNBA season and hope to make it to Connecticut for a game this season. What team do you think will surprise us this year? 
which player or players should we keep our eyes on for a breakout season? Well, she should definitely come to a Connecticut Sun game because Connecticut was the breakout surprise team a year ago. John Quell Jones had an amazing season a year ago. I think she's going to be even better this year. I have two Connecticut Sun games coming up this week. I'm doing a game there for ESPN on Thursday of this week, and I'm doing a game there on Saturday for their local broadcasts. But a team that could surprise, well, right now it's early in the season, but Chicago is 2-0 and with Diamond DeShields, the player that started her career as the freshman of the year at North Carolina, then and, transferred to Tennessee. And daughter of Delino DeShields. And the great sister of Delino DeShields Jr. Right. And, uh, and she, you know, could have played one more year at Tennessee this past season instead went overseas to Turkey and played and she's looked really good that's also where Gabby Williams the the great player from UConn uh, ended up so anyway there's a lot of really good stories watch the WNBA and uh, I will be at those two Connecticut Sun games and excited to uh to be there and call some action. And yet no Mystics games in Washington. I know. How about okay. that? Sean and Diana. I'm not sure who's authoring this. But I think it's Sean, writes, uh, I know I'm a week behind, but I set my personal record of 17 consecutive no acknowledgement to my good mornings during a run while running a five-mile loop around the UCLA campus. 17 unacknowledged? I worked as the That's prof- unbelievable. I worked as the professor of military science, Army ROTC, at UCLA for three years. So I ran the perimeter of campus quite often, and this certainly was not the norm, but striking. Conversely, the friendliest place I've ever run is Monterey, California. So not too far away, up in right. Northern California. You know what, though? I would have to ask, if you're 17 consecutive people not responding... There was something funky about him that day, and no, it, no, no. it could have been what he was wearing. Nope. It could have been some kind of a weird hat. I, I will not Maybe tolerate. He, he's no. he's a military guy. Maybe he had a gun exposed. There's something. There's there's no he, way he, that he may have, have had 17. his guns exposed. But <laughs> I won't I won't tolerate any any. No I won't tolerate any any negative talk about Sean because Sean is a huge fan of the of the of the board game Pro Draft. It was a professional football drafting game. You drafted football cards from the seventies. The greatest board game of all time, Sean writes, it needs a mention on the podcast. Consider it done. Next, Steve, Rebecca, and Denny. Kate writes Is this the first mention of Denny no, with no. one N in today's podcast? No, it certainly shouldn't be. Oh my gosh, that's a big um, fail by us. Kate's mom spent many years of her life shuttling my sisters and me back and forth from track meets to basketball games to volleyball tournaments and never once complained. She taught us how to be good teammates and to act with sportsmanship and is an incredible athlete herself. She told me that she had to stop listening to her podcast at the gym because she was laughing too loudly. I know she would love the swag. We're sending it her way in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, without question. We're sending mom swag. Stephen Rebecca, I'm applying to be your resident retired person not living in St. Petersburg, Florida. Hi. I present the following... Co- qualifications for your consideration she loves the podcast listen to them all newly retired uh, she he live in colorado springs grew up in the town in which you currently live dennis with two ends lobo was my ancient world civilizations teacher in high school oh well he's definitely our resident retired person my youngest daughter also named rebecca and i are in a picture with rebecca in sports illustrated back in the day 1995 i have lost my ct accent and say button the regular way which is what button Okay. Well, how do you say it? Button. Okay, wrong. Uh, also, <laughs> wrong. Amen, also, wrong. wrong. Also, amen on the left turn. <laughs> also, amen on the left left turn arrow discussion. My wife loves when I remind her not to dawdle through the turn. You got to pull the people behind you through. Signed, Steve with one V. He writes. Hold Steve, on. Steve, you've got it. You are you are you are our resident retired person not living in St. Petersburg. This, this leads me to something else because he uses the word dawdle. That's not a word that we hear nearly enough and that's going to bring me to one of the viewer mails that we got via twitter and this is from beth and she wrote i just started your podcast you and steve are a hoot there's another word that people don't use as much as they should anymore hoot so can you think of any other words that that are kind of sweet and different like hoot and dawdle that we just don't hear enough? Well, I may have already mentioned on the podcast, it's certainly always foremost in my mind that the, the loveliest phrase in the English language is bouncy castle, and one that's impossible to say angrily. And, and, I, and I've promised that I will get that into a, into a telecast. Okay, okay. I can't believe I didn't use it at some point in the final like, four because lots and lots of things that happened there were bouncy castles. I like but seersucker. No, I, yeah, seersucker. but more like words like dawdle and hoot that... Doddle that, and hoot. Doddle and that hoot. People of a certain age use more than 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 others. Doddle and, and hoot were both my 
my uh, attorneys <laughs> in and my long your... legal battle with the IRS and my favorite wine cooler in, in 1989. Seagram's Gold no, no, Wine No, 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 Bartles and James, remember? Remember that uh, Bruce Willis was in that commercial? Actually, that makes me think, today I get in the car, and just as of the past couple of days, you like to listen to Sirius XM Channel 7, the right. 70s, and I've turned it up one click to the Channel 8. The, the 80s and today i was in the car with our 11 year old and as soon as i turned the car on uh, a don johnson song came on heartbeat and it just immediately oh yeah it immediately brought me back to middle school when i purchased that cassette single because i was a fan of miami vice so i just started laughing i told her daughter i said this is by a guy named don johnson he was an actor he was in the show called miami vice and, and again i s- said that she, he was an actor and she said and a singer. And I said, no, listen to this song. He wasn't a singer. He was an actor who was singing. But immediately, as soon as the 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 note of the song came on, I recognized it right away and it brought me back to seventh grade. Somebody sent us a picture of a newborn baby and uh, and this was on Twitter and it said, happy Mother's Day from the newest ball and chainer. Or is it baller and chainer or member of ball and chain nation? So what would our what would we call people who are listening to this podcast? Are they ball and chainers, baller and chainers, or member of the ball of ball and chain nation? What do you think? Wow, we'll have to come up with a with a um, what is it called a a metronym or something like that where where you're I from? Have no idea. Um, you know, people from uh, Connecticut are what Connecticuters or whatever. You're nutmeggers. Nutmeggers, but you know the um, B and Cers. B and Cers. I, I, what about Doddle and Hoot? Doddle, Doddle and Hooters. D and H. I think I think Hooters is taken. So ah, Doddlers then. Bobby, a female Bobby, but with a Y, said, in regarding the viewer mail, the new viewer mail theme song, which we played last week, the Harry Har- version. Harles, Harles Markley's Harles version. Markley version. She said, "I love the funk, but do it without the lyrics." <laughs> so. There you go, Hari. Bring in the funk, leave out the noise. Is <laughs> yes, that what she's saying? Exactly. This could be my favorite one. It's from Mike. He said, if you love the music behind Ball and Chain podcast, come to Mears Park in St. Paul on July 19th to hear the music behind the podcast, Tom, Dick, and Harry. I retweeted this, and it shows a link to all the concerts that are being played at Mears Park in St. Paul. But on July 19th, Tom, Dick, and Harry are playing. They are opening for someone, but... We all know that they are going to be the main the main event. Really, that so. someone is closing for them. The exa- are, exactly. Ones. So go to go to our Twitter feed at Ball in Chain Pod, and you will find the retweet of that that has a link to uh, to all the information about that. We'll and post then, the picture of my monocle as well. Yeah, we we. I, but I think I might do that on Instagram. Okay. But anyway, finally from Abby Gordon, she said, "All these people trying to be resident personnel on Ball and Chain, I want in too." Can I please be your resident physical therapist? I know Abby, by the way. She said, I did my grad school research on ACL injuries, and the picture of my injury is used all the time. So Abby Gordon, yes, I'm because I know her and I know her work, she can be our resident physical therapist. And actually, I've heard that. the There's video of me tearing my knee. It's pretty gross. I've only I, It took me about 10 years before I could actually watch it. And uh, they use it when studying ACLs because my knee kind of went sideways, both ways that it's not supposed to go. But anyway, that uh, so you're in for both, the most part... you're in both Spanish textbooks and medical textbooks. I mean, to start, yes, it's a uh, it's a pretty impressive list of the textbooks I'm in. Are we going to have a, a national convention, a staff meeting, as it were, maybe a, a, a holiday party or something, in, in Boca? We've got a staff of about 50 people now. Yeah, I think we need to have, um, I think we need to make it an official board. With lanyards and, 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 and. And we need, you know, policies, we need procedures, we need to meet a couple times a year on the phone and then one time in person. I think, of course, it has to be in St. Pete. And all, of, all of these people come and they uh, they drink the beers that you were talking about earlier. That actually makes me think. Unrefrigerated Baileys. Perhaps right. perhaps we'll all die. We, we, we don't um, know. We were, we Start were, drinking on the flight down. We were with our friend Jim at the AAU tournament this weekend in Albany. And he, he's from California or at least lived for a long time in California. And he's talking about a great bar out there where you would go. You'd sit and at your table there would be a tap. And he said it was like a gas station where when you filled your, your beer mug with the beer that was in the tap, 
it rang up and instead of gallons it was liters or whatever it would be for beer and then at the end of the night you just had this this tab and i like that idea i think we should have a bar somewhere here i think each table should be a different beer and so somebody can call if i I want the reservation tonight for the for the guinness table or the what were some of the ones you mentioned? And did college students come in just for like one dollar worth of beer? Yeah, exa- to- <laughs> exactly. And they and they they would pour it and try to not have it have any change, like you do at the gas station. And then you know, which I don't care the amount that's in my cup. I just wanted to end at three bucks. But uh, I loved that idea. So I think we're running way over time. We should we should have notified our affiliates that would be ru- we would be running <laughs> late and that your local news would be late because of the the duration of this podcast. So first of all, thank you to Denny with one N who, once we get all the swag down to him, he will be then mailing it out to folks and he produces this podcast. And, um, and this is the first he's hearing that he'll be mailing it out. Right, because... exactly. Well, but he should just know. And uh, he's still working on all of his side hustles. And um, I need to talk to Denny because I haven't gotten an update on his love life soon. We need to get him back up in basement so we can... Uh, grill him about a variety of things we should we should actually do a podcast from denny's pad in in jersey city oh i i just a 20 what is he 24 26 put on the hazmat yeah exactly i don't i don't want to go anywhere where my shoes might stick to the floor that'd be a margarita maker residue a triple barrel you want to send us out yeah and i want to do it by one more time mentioning that Tom, Dick, and Harry are going to be playing in Mears Park in St. Paul on July 19th. If you go to the show, make sure you request the Ball and Chain theme song and... And maybe Harles Markley's viewer mail theme. Tom? Dick. And all three Harries? No, no, no. It's Tom... Harry. And all three Dicks. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.